Morning refresh. Oh, okay, to the three people that said good morning, thank you. I feel welcome. Thank you, Michael. Good morning, refresh. Morning. There we go. Just excuse, talk amongst yourselves while I set up here. Just going to bring some stuff out. Going to have a bit of a competition later. Just uh, have you had a good week? In case you're wondering, um, Jordan wasn't baptised four times. The video looked like it. I think it was just on a replay. It wasn't a loop. I wanted him to redo it because I missed it, but. Neil wasn't going to be into that. Cool. How's that week been? How's that week been? Are you expecting a message? Are you expecting a sermon? I'm getting some thumbs up. Oh, you're going to be disappointed. I haven't got one. I've got nothing. But God has got something to say. And I'm going to start right off the bat by saying that I'm not going to apologise for what I'm about to say. Um, Ladies... I'm not going to apologise for what I'm about to say. Um, some of you are going to get upset with me, but that's okay because don't take it up with me. Take it up with God because it's a biblical blueprint. And, um, and the men, they're going to take me out the back and they're going to thump me. So um, don't worry about it. They're going, to, they're going to have their own way with me. How do you unwind? How do you unwind? Some people like to read. Who's a reader? Who likes to just read and unwind? Yeah. I, I can't unwind while I read, you know, because for me it's like a chore. Once I open a book, I have to finish it. So it's not unwinding, it's just like winding up. And then if it's a series, oh, well then I have to go and find the other 14 books in the series and I have to read them. So consequently, I generally only read in the, in the Christmas holidays when I have time. But me, I like to unwind by watching the television. I mean, there's really nothing good on television, it's just, it's just rubbish. Um, but it's kind of, it's just, I noticed on Thursday, I got up at five o'clock in the morning and my day went and I, I was in Dolby and, and back into Brisbane and I was all around and into, into Pilly to pick up a, a suit that wasn't ready and, and I got home and I had to do some work and by the time I sat down, I realised it was 11.30 at night and I thought, man, I just, I just need to unwind and I just put the idiot box on and I, don't even, I couldn't even tell you what was on, but it was just there, just wanted to sit and relax before I went to bed. I know that sounds crazy, but oh, I, love, I love to just sit and I can just watch the television. Don't take it on, just, just sit and watch the television. But there are two shows that intrigue me. And I'm not a, I'm not a, a, a massive fanatic about these shows. I don't have a, a mug on my desk at home that says, you know, that I love whatever. I don't have the television. I don't have the T-shirt that says I love whatever. But there are two shows that intrigue me. And the first one is Man vs. Wild. Yeah, you know, you know the show Man vs. Wild? It intrigues me because, because this, this ex-British commando, you can go, this ex-British commando is dropped into uh, remote places by himself and the 14 film crew that are actually with him because I looked at behind the scenes. I'm kidding you. I'm not kidding you. It's 14 people. I counted them in the background. And when he's about to make a shot, there's a guy that says, quiet, but they're in the middle of nowhere. I don't know who he's telling to be quiet because the only people that are there know they're filming a television show. Anyway. <laughs> so this guy, Bear Grylls, who thought that name up, jumps into the remote outback somewhere and he did one in the Kimberley of Australia. Man, I had to laugh. This guy wouldn't last five minutes in the Australian outback if he, if he, if he behaved that way. 
But he jumps into these ridiculously remote places and he teaches you survival skills on how you would survive if you happen to crash land in this type of region. There's one fault I find, one fault that I find in, in the television show, is that Bear Grylls always manages to land with a good knife on his hip, which might struggle getting through security at the modern-day airports, um, a flint striker that is five times brighter than the sun, that might struggle getting through the, the security, and, and a torch. You can take a torch through, I think. A torch. So if you crash land in a plane and you're stranded on a deserted, a deserted island or the Alaskan tundra or the Australian outback, providing you've got a knife, uh, a torch, uh, a flint striker and 14 film crew, you should be okay. <laughs> but the guy does bizarre things. I'm not, I'm not saying that he doesn't do the crazy things, like drink his own body fluids. Apparently it's safe if it's straight from the source. It's when it's stored and aged that it becomes a problem. Some of you got that. Some of you still thinking, what is he talking about? He, he ate a snake the other day. He ate a snake. Now, who's ever eaten snake? Nobody? Oh, really? No one's eaten snake. Who's ever seen anybody eat snake? It, it's tasty, but, man, it gives me gas. I just... Those that watch Crocodile Dundee will understand the pun. He does these crazy things, eats spiders, eats ants, he'll eat a rat, he'll eat whatever, or at least that's how it looks on the television. And it leads me to think of a question, what are you willing to do to get through tough times? Because if you crash land somewhere, sure enough, it's going to be a difficult time, yeah? If you are a stranded Man, people find it hard if they're stranded in the traffic on Friday afternoon and the car isn't moving and they have to, man, it's like, or they're stranded in uh, the back of Mount Tambourine at a, at, a, at a youth camp and they don't have enough service to post things on Insta. Look at these girls laughing. They're like, man, I can't post things. I'm stranded. I'm without, I'm without my telecommunication ability. They've got running water and they've got food and they've got a bed to sleep in and it's comfortable, but they don't have the internet to be able to post. If you're stranded, what are you willing to do to get through tough times? It made me think about this question in your life. When it relates to your relationships that you have with your, your partner, your spouse, your family members, your friends, your church friends, Dale said, who's going to show up? And when, it looks about the, when it talks about the relationships that you have in your life, what are you willing to do to get through tough times? The second television show that, that it more than intrigues me, I actually love this show. It's called Man Versus Food. What a television. Now that is, there's no pretense. He didn't just stumble and drop from an airplane into Texas, into San Antonio. I've got to go to San Antonio. They got the biggest of everything. Who's ever been to San Antonio, Texas? You have? Is it really like that? Like they get the biggest, they get the biggest donut. It's the, size of, it's the size of two small children. Um, it is awesome. It is awesome. And, and it's like this show, this guy travels around all of America and, and he seeks out the, the biggest something, the, the hottest something, the strongest something, the, the sweetest, the tastiest, the most flavorsome food known to mankind. And you know what? They could only make this show in America. 
he couldn't make this show here because the occupational health and safety rules and regulations we have in this country, he just couldn't make it. He went to a place in, in Texas. I'm fascinated by Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. If it's not bigger, it's faster. If it's not faster, it's hotter. And he went and he had this burger. It wasn't a big burger, but it is considered to be the hottest burger in the world. It has four kinds of chilies. And if you know anything about chilies, it had jalapeno chilies. Okay? And they're, they're pretty hot on the scale. You can eat them. You know, you can eat them straight up. Don't eat the seeds. That could, that could create some problems. Then there's the habanero chili. And that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty, pretty hectic. Then there's this other chili I've never heard of. And then there was what they call the ghost chili. And, and this burger has two of these things on. They fry them up and they're so potent that, that when they fry these chilies on the hot plate, if you stand too close, you start to asphyxiate. The gas coming off these chilies really start to mess up with your, with your, with your breathing system and it, and it becomes a real problem. Put that on the burger. A little bit of melted cheese. And the competition is that you have 25 minutes to eat this burger. You can drink and you can eat whatever you like with it, but you only have 25 minutes. And if you eat it in the 25 minutes, then you have to wait another five minutes without any assistance from any cooling additives. You can't drink milk, you, you can't eat cucumber, you can't dip yourself in yogurt, you can't do any of that. You have to sit for another five minutes. It took him 11 minutes to finish the first mouthful. Man, he struggled with the first mouthful. Time elapsed, count, 11 minutes to finish the first mouthful. 25 minutes, he got the burger done. I didn't think he was going to do it. I, I thought he was going to tap out after one mouthful. But he got the burger done. He waited the five minutes without anything to cool him down. And then he got a T-shirt. <laughs> that said, I have eaten the world's hottest burger. Of the thousand people that have paid for their trip to hospital, only four have ever accomplished it. He's done a whole lot of other bunch of crazy things, but this show makes me think. Man versus wild makes you think, what are you willing to do to get through the tough times? Man versus food. See, he's turned food into something that you're supposed to love into a, a competition. It's man literally versus the food. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to eat you. I'm going to grind you into the... I'm going to finish you. He's, it's literally an argument, a fight with the food. And so the, question of, the other question I'll pose to you this morning is, how are you going to fight? How are you going to fight? And I want, I want you to think about those two questions while I continue this morning in relation to the relationships that you have with the people around you. Specifically, your partners. If you don't have one, don't worry. It will happen someday. But it seems like men and women all over the world have taken the, the premise of these two shows. Thanks for joining, guys. Come on in. I can say that. He's my son. It's all right. They've taken the premise of these two shows, man versus something, and they've turned it into their very own competition the world over, inside the church and outside the church. It's called man versus wife. Or wife versus man. You can be whatever, if you like that way, man versus wife or wife versus man. Instead of the marriage relationship being a loving, committed, beautiful place, it's in some cases inside and outside the church become a battleground. Would you agree? Have you seen it happen? 
Have you seen it happen? So I want to pose those two questions. In relation to your relationship, specifically your marriage relationship if you're married, if you've got a, if you've got a serious, committed relationship, a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend, if that's, if that's the way you want to call it, then, then in relation to that relationship that you had, if you've got your eye on the girl sitting next to you in the grandstands, then it, it, think about the relationship that you have with that person. Has your relationship become a battleground or is it a loving, committed relationship? What are you willing to do? Are you willing to do what it takes to get through tough times and how are you going to fight? So let's have a bit of fun. Put your hand up if you're married. Put your hand up if you're married. Nice and high, I can't see. Come on. Okay. How long have you guys been married? Hopefully not married to one another. Not that you're not. Three years. You said no real quick. He was thinking. Just saying. Is there a husband and wife sitting in here together? Put your hand up if you're a husband and wife sitting beside one another. Oh, that's awesome. You've put your hand up, but he didn't. Why is that? Okay. If you're, if you're married, tell me. Who's, keep, put your hands up nice and high. Put your hand up if you've had a fight in the past month with your spouse. Yeah, that's all right. Look, okay. Yeah, but he's got, he's like putting there. <laughs> you know, like, it's a funny thing, isn't it? The, your spouse can tick you off quicker than, than anybody. Like, I don't know, what is it about the person that you're closest to can tick you off quicker than anybody? And it's like, you know, every now and again, every now and again, Lee, she, she gives me a chewing gum. I'm like, but I've brushed my teeth. What's going on? It's like, do I have bad breath? No, just thought you might need a chewing gum. Oh, look, I'm having one. It's like, yeah, that's not going to cover it up. Like, I'm, you know. And then you think, man, I'm going to go and eat an onion now. Just, you know, going to go and eat an So, okay, keep your hands up. Those who have had a fight in the last week, come on, be honest. I know this is church. You're not used to being honest. You're used to coming and pretending like everything's okay, everything's cool. Put your hand up if you've had a fight in the last week. These two, they're, man, these guys are fighting. What about in the last day? Oh, my goodness. Neil, do you know these two guys? They need some counselling, bro. What about today? Have you had a fight today? Oh, <laughs> give them a round of applause. They haven't had a fight in the last... They haven't had a fight today, but they had it yesterday. You know, the other funny thing is, I've spoken to people, I've spoken to married couples, and... And the, the fight that they have is just before they leave to go to church. Something erupts. The devil gets inside and something erupts in that household and they have this massive ding-dong battle and the kids are hiding in the corner under the blanket like, oh, no, make it stop. When it's finished, they go, come on, kids, we're going to learn about the love of Jesus Christ. <laughs> you see, fighting is... We laugh about it. And it, look, when you get two people that have different opinions, because I haven't met another person that's got my opinion. I have not met another person that is right yet, but some of you got it. I'll wait for the others. You know, there's one reason why we fight. One main reason, I think, why we fight with our spouse, with our partners, in the, with the people who are closest to us, and it's this. It's because we focus on our rights rather than our responsibilities. 
Let me say that again. We focus on our rights rather than our responsibilities. Because you know what? If you want to keep fighting in your relationship, if you enjoy it, fine. But if you, keep, if you want to keep fighting in your relationship, focus on what you perceive to be your rights in that relationship rather than your responsibilities within that relationship. Because as a man, I'm going to talk to these two guys. I just talked to my sister. I'm going to talk to my two brothers over here. No, kidding. As a man, we have certain responsibilities. Brothers, are you with me? We have certain responsibilities. If you don't know that and you've been married for longer than a day, you're in trouble already. We have certain responsibilities in the relationship that the women cannot do. And ladies, you have certain responsibilities in the relationship that men cannot do. But for some reason, rather than focusing on our responsibilities, we focus on our rights. Well, it's my right to do this, and if I want to go and do that, if I want to do this, if I want to do that, and it ticks the other person off. And then they think, well, if he's going to go and play golf on Sunday afternoon, well, I have to stay here and do the washing, tell me you don't go and play golf. Golf's fine, just not on Sunday afternoon. Okay, take a sickie and do it while she's at work, but don't do it on Sunday afternoon. Steal from work, don't steal from home. I'm just kidding. If you focus on your rights, your perceived rights, rather than your responsibilities, you can just keep fighting. I mean, if I, okay, hands up married people. Come on, nice and high. If I asked you to come up here and list 10 faults of your partner, could you do it? Oh, you're laughing. That just disguises the truth. Could you do it? Put your hand up. No, don't put your hand up. Don't you dare put your hand up. Those people where their spouses have left the room, you can safely put your hand up. But those that are sitting next to your spouse, you don't even say amen. Don't even, mm mm, yeah, mm hmm. Don't even, utter, just face the front. <laughs> he's not, no, he's not talking to me, sweetheart. Mm mm. No, no, no. You know, you're perfect. You're beautiful in every way. You notice I'm talking to the brothers. You could, couldn't you? You could. Because everybody has mistakes. And, and you know what? When, and, and people who do marriage counseling, they say that people get in the room and, and they say, yeah, but 95% of the problem is them. That's cool. That's fine. But let's talk about 5%. Let's talk about the 5% that is you. Because if you want to focus on your rights rather than your responsibilities, you can just fight. Or you can focus on your responsibilities. But God did not intend marriage to be this way. If, you, if, if we go back to Genesis 2, and this is before the fall, and you don't have to go there in your Bible because I'm not going to stay there very long. This is before sin entered the world. This was God's intention for man and woman. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. In harmony... In commitment, in love, not a battleground. I mean, there's an inbuilt way that God wanted us to act. And he knows better than us, and he knows that if we stray from his advice, it will end up worse for us in the long run. But hey, we know better than God, don't we? I mean, because he's up there and we're down here, and, and he's him and I'm me, and we know better than him, don't we? 
Don't we know better than God when it comes to us? Or do we think we do? We think we know better than God, and so we go our own way, and we do our own thing, and hey, presto, we have a battleground. And you know, over the past few years, I've had the opportunity to look at the world with new eyes. I've had the opportunity to look at the world and look at where the devil is wreaking havoc in our society. And one of the ways that the devil is just wreaking havoc is, is confusing the role, confusing the definition of a man and a woman in a relationship. We've started to think that there's very little difference between men and women, but the Bible is very clear. The Bible is very clear about the difference between a man and a woman and the role and the responsibility of a man and a woman in a relationship. So I want to look at this from Scripture. This is scriptural. So if you get angry, get angry at God. Don't get angry at me because I wouldn't mind coming back because your breakfasts are pretty cool and I'd like to come back. And, and I, you know, I wanna, if I'm going to breakfast, I want to preach. So. And before I proceed, women, I'm going to talk to you for a minute. If you... Hand up, ladies, if you're sitting next to your husband. Nice and high. You're sitting next to your husband? Okay. At any time, in the next little bit, I give you full permission to elbow him in the ribs. Okay? Look at the husbands. are like, whoa, hold up, hold up. They're getting the Bible and they're putting it. If he says anything in the next few minutes, you have full permission to elbow him in the ribs. You'll see why in a minute. Ephesians 5. The book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 22 through to 24, says this. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Just wait for it. Okay, it's cool. There's nothing been thrown yet. For the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the saviour of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Did you get that? Wives be subject to who? It's very specific. It actually says your own husbands, not somebody else's. Be subject to your own husbands. Man, let me tell you, that is the biggest bone of contention in all of Scripture because women are saying, there is no way I am going to be subject to that pig. Focusing on their rights, not their responsibilities. There is no way I am going to be subject to him. It's like, he, no, he can't, but he's, he can't make a decision. He's never on time. He's not organized. He's messy. And it's like, yeah, but you married him. You picked him. You chose him. Yeah, but he wasn't like that when I married him. It's like, the, it's, like the, it's like the woman that says to her husband, you know, I was a fool when I married you. And he said, yeah, I know, but I was in love and I didn't notice. Wives, be subject to your own husbands. Does it sound like something that you want to do, ladies? Be submissive to your own husbands? You're struggling with it, aren't you? Just be honest. Are you struggling? You don't have to raise your hands. Just raise your conscience. But what if your husband was just like Jesus? Could you do it then? Would you be willingly subject to your husband if he was just like Jesus? No? Yes? Lots of smiles, no nodding heads, no pans going up in the air, no amens. Because, you know, every time God says something to the women in Scripture, and particularly in this chapter, he has something bigger in line for the men. So if men, if you're sitting there going, that's right, baby. 
you got to be subject to me. you got to do what I say. No, the Scripture doesn't say that. The Scripture doesn't say that. The Scripture says that you may be head of the household and the, the decisions rest with you, but that puts a massive responsibility on your shoulders because if you go down to Ephesians 5.25, the Scripture says this. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Mm. Not so smug now, are we, gents? We're not so smug now, brothers. It's like my wife has to be subject to her, but I have to die for her. But let me see a show of hands, brothers. Who would die for their wife? Who would die? Nice and high. You'll be proud of this. Who would die for your wife? The pastor's not putting his hand up. Why aren't you putting your hand up? There it is, got both hands. Because that's our role. That's our responsibility. When the going gets tough, it's our shoulder that's supposed to be put against the wheel. You don't put your wife out to work and you sit at home and play PlayStation. When things get tough, it's us that are supposed to take the burden. It's us that are supposed to take the brunt. We have, we have a responsibility in the relationship, men. And it's when things get tough, it's us that's supposed to shoulder the load. And there is a very good reason for it. I want to read it in two, in two different versions. And it says in 1 Peter 3, 7, it says, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them, your wives, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. You know that, that the weaker vessel thing? That is something that women hate. Here, I'm not weak. I'm not weak. Do you see yourself as weak, ladies? I'm not weak. Oh, there's no way I'm weak. There's a, there's a, there's a lady that, that works at, at Lee's place of business, at the university where she works. And, and, and they were talking, and some of the ladies were saying, yeah, but my husband opens the door for me. My husband opens the door and lets me out of the car. She says, no way. I'm not going to let some go. I'm not going to wait in the car. I'm, I'm capable of opening the door myself. But, you know, she's missing the whole concept because she's not letting any guy cherish and honour her and open the door for her and make her feel special. She's like, I can open the door myself. But, but the scripture says, husbands, honour your wives as the weaker vessel. That was, that was New King James. Contemporary English version says, if you are a husband, you should be thoughtful of your wife. Treat her with honour because she isn't as strong as you are. So, I need a husband and a wife. A volunteer. Husband and wife volunteer. If you don't volunteer, I'm going to volunteer you. So I'm looking in this direction. I'm looking over here. We've got a husband. You guys are married to one another, hopefully. Yes? Yeah? Come on up. Come on up. Give him a hand. I don't know who you are. Come on up. Come on. Give him a hand. Who should I give the gloves to, do you think? What's your name? Clint and Jenny. Jenny. Clint and Jenny. Clint and Jenny. Are you strong? You are? No, you're not, you're not sure. You're not sure. Do you reckon that you could lift this over your head? Give it a go. Up we go. Oh, look at that. Hey, look at that. Woo. Okay, bring it down. Bring it down. Don't want to hurt yourself. No. Could you do it one-handed? All right, okay. Let's come down. Let's come down. Jenny. Man, I hope you can't do this. Could you do it? I don't know. What about one-handed? <laughs> no. no, you can't do one-handed? No. Yes. You've got weak wrists. <laughs> Give them a hand. Give them a hand. You know, you can help down. That's it. 
Simple illustration. We have responsibilities, men, in our relationship. Why? Because we're stronger than our wives. We're stronger than, than our partners. And there are certain responsibilities that we have. Women, they have like a nurturing responsibility that, that some men can't even fathom. Nurturing? What is that? How do you spell that? What letters does it start with? I have a philosophy in my life. If something doesn't fit, I can make it fit. Brute force and ignorance. That just gets pretty much everything through. Brute force and ignorance. You'll never get that in there? Yes, I will. Watch this. Poof. Something breaks. Doesn't matter. That's in there. Brute force. If I can shut the door, it's in. Brute force and ignorance. But women are not weak. They may be fragile, but they are not weak. If you take a teapot, and this teapot has significant meaning to myself. If you take a teapot and throw it at the ground, what's going to happen? It's going to break, yeah? Could I take this teapot and just throw it up to the guys in the sound booth? I could. But what are they going to think? Oh, man, I hope I don't drop this. Why? Because, because this teapot is, is fragile. Because this, this teapot is delicate. Because this teapot has special meaning to me. But is the teapot weak? Because the teapot can do things that I cannot. Eugene, how hot is the steam that comes out of the coffee machine? Very hot. Can't put your hand under it, can you? You can, but you'd be left with a hole in your hand. But the teapot could take it. The teapot is fragile. The teapot is delicate. The teapot is, is special. The teapot has a place of honour in my life. Far more than this 10 kilogram plate does. I could drop this 10 kilogram plate a thousand times over and it would not break. But the teapot would break the first time. The weight does something that the teapot can't and vice versa. Men, we have responsibilities that, that, that the women do not and vice versa. And if you want to continue to argue in your relationships, just focus on your rights and not your responsibilities. We need to learn, brothers, how to treat our, our women with honour. It's a biblical blueprint. Now, single girls, put your hands up. There's only one single girl. All those girls aren't single. I can see you. You're in grade 12, you should be single. <laughs> and there was three grade 12s, am I right? Three grade 12 girls? You should be single. You're still at school. My goodness me. If you are interested in a boy that does not treat you with honour, kick him to the curb. He is not worth your time or effort. Because if you accept it now that he is not treating you with honour, it is not going to get any better. If he doesn't treat you with honour, flick him. Because it's not worth it. If you're, if you're older and you are not married, 
and you are interested in a boy, girl, talking to the girls, and he does not treat you with honor, man, you need to have a real serious conversation because it's not going to get any better. You know, I tell, I tell young girls in my, in my church, if you want to go out with someone, if you want a relationship with someone, you better make sure that he's in love with Jesus first before you. Because then you've got a much better chance of having a very, very good relationship. You know, we, we've forgotten, guys, and talk to the brothers mostly. We've forgotten how to cherish women. There was an old man many, many years ago that said to me, you know, Andrew, I'm going to give you three pieces of advice that you should never do in front of women. He said, you should never spit in front of women. You should never curse in front of women, and you should never pass wind in front of women. Man, I wish he had told that to some of the women that I've met along the way. Because that was his version of honoring his wife. His, those three things his wife thought he never did. Man, the guy doesn't have spit glands. And I, no matter what food, I can feed him lentils all day long, but he never has wind. And he mustn't ever get angry because I've never heard him curse. Because as far as he was concerned, that was his way of honoring his wife because she didn't need to hear or see or smell any of those things. It's not a bad philosophy, is it? Because I want to tell you something. It's my opinion. It's my opinion that as a society, men by and large do not get taught to cherish women. And women don't expect men to cherish and honor them and open the door for them and hold the umbrella over them while they're getting drenched. And they're in, you know, they've got the hair done, the straightener and the beautiful dress, and it's pouring with rain, and there's only room for one under the umbrella. Who should be under the umbrella, men? Well, I should be under the umbrella because, you know, no, no. You get drenched and she stays dry. Well, just stay under the veranda until it stops raining, but, you know, just use your brain. The reality is that as men, we don't get taught this. And so in today's society, and don't think this doesn't happen in the church because it does, in today's society, in the church and outside the church, when, when a woman stands up to a man and argues against that man because men have not been taught to cherish women and to see them as a weaker vessel, what happens? It turns physical. And don't think it doesn't happen in the church because it does. It turns physical because, because, men, we've forgotten our responsibilities because the people above us never taught us. Or maybe they've taught me because I'm older than you, but maybe they didn't teach you, but you're learning today. So your wife ought to see a change, man, and you as well. Because, man, if I come back here next month and you, no, just, I'm going to smack you. You want a guide to a better marriage relationship or a better relationship or a better going out relationship with the person that you want to be involved in? Philippians 2. And then I'm done, I promise. Philippians 2, verses 1 through to 11. I'm going to stop at 7. Philippians 2, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. My brothers and my sisters, we need to walk like 
Christ. We need to be on the same page and we need to walk together. Because if you want to stay together and you want to have a good and strong relationship, you want to know, here's something, you will. You will. If you want it, if you both want it, you will have it. But if one of you decides, you know, I don't want to travel in that direction anymore, I want to go over there, unless you come back, it's done. That's what I've learned. It's done. Because, because this person can only bend so much, yeah? This person can only make so many constellations until eventually they snap away from who they really are as a person and they get broken as a person trying to chase the person that they think that they love or they think loves them. And that's why I say to young girls, if that boy doesn't honour you, if he doesn't cherish you, and if he doesn't love Jesus, flick him because it's not going to get any better. And then, you know, there was a time about four years ago where, where I, I, I would talk to this person. I'd say, oh, you know, I, I, do you know such and such? Yeah, I know such and such. And they'd say, oh, they're, they're broken. The wife did this or the husband did that. I go down to Stanthorpe. I go down to Newcastle or I go to the Northern Territory. And it's like, and I wanted to grab the people who I knew who were friends of mine and I wanted to collectively slap them. Because they were, they were making their partner bend away from who they really were, chasing them and chasing them and chasing them until finally their partner broke. Because they were making decisions because they didn't want to be with that person anymore. If you want to be with that person and you want to have a good and loving and strong relationship, you will. If you walk like Christ. Let nothing let nothing be done. You're hearing me, brothers? Let nothing be done through selfish ambition. Yeah, I'm picking on these two today. Hey? Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than himself. Let each of you look out not, for your, not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. We need to see like Christ. We need to focus on our responsibilities, not our perceived rights. And then finally, verse 5 to 7. Philippians 2, verse 5 to 7. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Jesus did not demand our affection. He fought for it. You know, husbands, we need to fight for our wives' affections. We need to focus on our responsibilities because I can only talk to the brothers because I am one. I am one. You can dig deep, 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 deep down inside. The other chromosome isn't there. I am a man. I can only act like a man. I've tried to act like a woman. I fall off the heels every single time. We need to fight for our wives' affections. So my two questions that I want to leave with you, the takeaway. Are you willing to do what it takes to get through the tough times? You too, are you? Here you are. You've learned. Good, bro. It's good. Men, honour your women. Women, be subject to your men. Let them make the decisions, but men, honour your women. Protect them at all times. 
And I want you to consider this. How are you going to fight? How are you going to fight? Are you going to fight in your relationships? Or are you going to fight for them? Father, I want to thank you for for speaking this morning. I want to thank you for the insights that you've given me in the preparation of this message. Because you know, Lord, I didn't want to speak it. I wasn't interested in coming here and telling people about something that I didn't think I was any good at. But you said that I've seen it from another angle and I'm the one that you wanted and I want to thank you for that. And so, Lord, I ask that you take the the men and the women, the boys and girls from this place and that you would help them to go forward with a new perspective on, on their responsibilities and the relationships they have with others and not focus on their rights. In our, in our marital, in our love relationships, in our friendships, in the relationships at work, in every relationship we have with another human being, Lord, I pray that you help us to focus on the responsibilities we have in that and not any perceived right and help us to fight for it and not in it is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.